Welcome to the Wild Woman Healing Podcast, where we dive into the discussions and practices that guide you back to your wild and true self. I'm your host, Riley Hedberg, creator and vessel for my business and entity, Wild Woman Healing. Together, we partner to create community, connection, and opportunities that help you to release what doesn't serve you, upgrade your frequency, and expand the inherent wisdom within your heart. I'm so grateful for your support, energy, and presence, as well as joining me on a journey in this podcast in rewilding yourself. Together, we will uncover the wisdom, creativity, and capabilities that already exist within you. Together, we will reclaim our right to stay wild. of the Wild Woman Healing Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Hedberg, and today we have a special guest. Um, finally have another wild woman back on the podcast, and I'm really excited for you all to um, listen in to the conversation that I got to have with actually one of my professors in my master's program of consciousness and transformation. So today we're going to be talking all about dreams, what dreams are, how they help us, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about or rather go into the story of um, my professor and how she kind of got into dream work. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be really great. I felt like there was so much we got into and so much that we could still get into with this and rabbit holes and dream work and such. So, um, yeah, I'm just really excited for you all to have the opportunity um, to learn more about what dreams mean. Um so before we get into the episode, um, I just wanted to mention, of course, that I have um, my one-on-one Rewild Yourself coaching program still open. Um, it's honestly always open, I feel like, unless, of course, I have too many clients. But right now I'm at like a good spot. So I am taking on new clients. So if you're a wild woman and you're looking to find um, more clarity um, whether that be in your career, your purpose, on decisions, um, on what is meant for you, um, then this program is for you. If you're looking to connect more with your wild woman, with your intuitive um, and authentic self, then this is for you. If you're looking to release any um, judgments or criticisms that you might have for yourself and you really just want to feel more loving and accepting of who you are right now, um, as you continue to grow and evolve, then this is also for you. Um, so you can go onto my website and fill out the app there. Um, and then I also am doing human design readings too, 16 minutes long. And you can go onto my website and sign up for those as well. Um, and that's pretty much all I think all I have as far as like intros. Um, and yeah. Uh, so without further ado, um, I'll just introduce um, Linda and then we'll go into the episode. Uh, so Linda uh, Mastrangelo um, is the executive director of the Institute for Dream Studies and a psychotherapist with a private practice in the San Francisco Bay Area specializing in bereavement and dream work. Linda has 
presented her work internationally and has written for numerous publications, including The Shift Network, Good Therapy, Sufi Magazine, and a contributor for the book Sleep Monsters and Superheroes in Dreams That Change Our Lives. Linda has also serves on the board of directors for the International, International Association for the Study of Dreams and is a graduate professor at the School of Consciousness and Transformative Studies at John F. Kennedy University which is the university and program that I'm a part of. Um, and you can visit her website at lightningtreetherapy.com if you want to learn more about her and connect with her. Um, and some of um, the other links that um, we'll go into in um, the episode will are also found in the show notes as well as some books that we talk about in the episode as well. Um, and if you like this podcast, if you resonate with this episode and you feel like there's another human out there that would resonate, please feel free to share this episode with them. Like, share, subscribe, rate, review, whatever. Um, this really helps to support me, get the show out there. And yeah, I just really appreciate your time and your energy. And without further ado, let's get into it. Aloha, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Wild Woman Healing Podcast. I am here with one of my professors and the lovely Linda Mastrangelo. Thank you so much, Linda, for being on the show today. Oh my God. I'm so excited to be here with you, Riley, and see you again. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you. Um, for those of you that don't know, and I'm sure a lot of you don't know, um, Linda was my professor for, um, I think the class was called like Consciousness of Sleep and Dreams, if I'm rem remembering that mm -hmm. correctly. Um, yeah, and it was one of my favorite classes and it really got me into like exploring dreams um, on my own journey um and how to do that and I know that we haven't been able to talk about that on the podcast um and I've wanted to have somebody come on and talk so I'm excited to have you on and just see where this takes us and just to learn more about uh dreams and your story with dreams so thank you so much for being on the show that is great and I feel so blessed that you um we're so inspired. So I, I look at that like my work here has done <laughs> getting you also very excited about dreams and wanting to talk more and share with your audience. I think that's wonderful. So I'm all in. Well, I felt like you had a lot of passion. Um, that's just what I felt like, honestly, when, whenever we had class or even like between class, when we would be like messaging, like I could just feel like your passion for dreams coming through. And I really resonated with that and aligned with that. Um, yeah. And so I guess that that's what, um, made me feel really connected to you and, and having you come on the show. Cause I could just tell that you were somebody that this was like really important to you, the work that you did. Um, so Okay, so this is a question I ask all of my guests. So of course I'm going to ask you, but what do you feel like connects you to your wild and true self? It's a beautiful question. Um, it's funny, I have uh, Karen Anas with me today. He's the wild one, the horned one. Um, and I, I feel um, certainly my dreams are a bridge to that wild part of myself. Um, and that started at a very young age for me uh, that I could be so deeply connected to myself through, through the dream time. 
And, and certainly, um, as the years have evolved, I found that where like the, the places that I would dream also lent to that. Um, so I am right now in the Santa Cruz mountains and I've certainly experienced the wildness here with the incredible redwood trees we have here and nature and my dreams certainly have been affected by the land that I, I live in. And so certainly nature, um, being with uh, my my dreams as a, as a spiritual practice and something I can connect to the community around is also really important. Uh, but I would certainly say that dreams and nature are at the forefront of, of mm. where I my most uh, wild part connection. Mm. I love that. And it sounds to me like being around nature as well and like being amongst the redwoods like helps you to even have, and maybe I'm wrong, but like a more, um, I guess, heightened maybe connection to your dreams. Absolutely. Yes. I I do believe that where we are, um, that place will affect our dreams. And also in the dream time, we will also experience wildness in place. And we might be dreaming of things that exist in 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 a waking life. That has happened to me quite a bit where I've dreamt of my ancestral lands, um, as well as of course, visiting uh, other realms. So that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> so so that 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 sense of place is very vast how's that Riley it's a it's a it's a pretty big big uh arena that we're talking about but certainly yes we we where we where we dream can absolutely affect our dreams and I feel like we could just go down so many different rabbit holes and dimensions with this. Like, I'm like, where do I even start? Um, but I do want to know, like you mentioned, so dreams have been a big part of your life for a really long time now. So I'd, I'd love to hear like your story with dreams and your story in general and how you got into um, dream work and what you do now. Yeah. Okay. Another big, big question, but I can, <laughs> I can, uh, yeah, hone it in a little. Um, I certainly can start at a very young age. I was having these extraordinary experiences. And for a little one, it was very challenging. It wasn't easy. So I'm not going to romanticize this. Um, and what I mean by that is that I had a very, um, very active dream life. And I've had a lot of experiences speaking of the land, even where I was, um, at the time I, I recognized not until much later that I was picking up on some residual trauma Mm. from the land, um, that I was on. And then just these, these experiences that felt very out of body, lucid, hypnagogic and I can certainly define these terms for you and your audience but it's just um there was a lot of activity how about that and unfortunately I didn't have context for what was going on for me which Mm -hmm. um 
you know, I think matters. And so uh, I'm really grateful now that I have done the work that I'm doing, certainly as a therapist and as a, as a teacher to share this knowledge with so many people who, who may have the same kinds of experiences or experiences that feel very challenging or hard or activated and not having context. Um, it's so important that we have that, we have that guidance and support mm -hmm. and community. <clears throat> is really important mm -hmm. to, to normalize and to, uh, offer tools. So, so I didn't have that Riley. I didn't have these, um, you know, the, that we hope we, we have those elders, right. The, the ones that can yeah. guide us through. Uh, and so for many years, I just felt kind of split, I would say in that there was some part of me that felt like if I shared my experiences that I would get in trouble or <laughs> I would have, mm. you know, they might look at it as something's wrong. You know, we often equate these experiences with pathology. And so I didn't want to share so much of, of my, my experiences, even at a little, like, you know, being little, I knew, I don't know, something about it made me hesitate to share. Mm. And I certainly was getting, you know, I was an odd kid too. I was <laughs> in the way that I was so fascinated with the esoteric world and nature. Mm. I mean, that was also very apparent that I loved nature. I, I would be outside all the time mm. and experiencing things, but I just didn't have somebody to let me know or guide me around what, what that meant. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I felt like I had to hide that part for, for a number of years. So it wasn't until much later that I started to share. I would share with just a few people who I could trust and who are also going through some of these experiences in their own way. Um, but it really wasn't until I, um, I actually Googled transpersonal psychology <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't know at the time. So this was a number of years ago. And um, I found the name Justina Lasley. And it just so happened that I had moved because I lived um, in New York and then I moved to California and then I moved to Charleston, South Carolina uh, because my family had just moved there from New York. And so I just happened to Google transpersonal psychology and it was so synchronistic because she, Justina lived in Charleston and she was mm. offering a dream workshop. And I was like, Whoa. what, what is that? You know? So this was, uh, almost gosh, 17 years ago now. Okay. Um, and so I met with her and it was like, my mind just went, exploded. I was like, what? I didn't know this existed. She was just incredible with how she guided dreams. And I just, I couldn't believe it. It was just this mm. moment. And so, uh, after, after the workshop, she had said, Oh, I'm going to be starting a new Institute, the Institute for dream studies. Oh, <laughs> And so, yeah. And so I became one of her first students. 
And she started this certification course and oh my goodness, Riley, it was like my whole world just opened up and it was also terrifying, right? Because Mm. for so many years I've been so split, right? I'm, I'm hiding this stuff. Right. And then here, here's this woman who's asking me to, to come out, so to speak. And so it was, Mm. there was a lot of turmoil and dreams and you could imagine death and birth, apocalyptic motifs Mm. that were showing up because I was being asked to step into and integrate this part of myself, which I was so afraid to. And I'm sure there's a lot of, um, archetypal, a lot of, you know, energy around, you know, especially us women, certainly, but women healers or women who are doing this work, you know, there's a bit of a history of violence against mm-hmm. us or you know, ways in which we were persecuted and, and burnt at the stake or what have you. I mean, we have a, a long generational wound and, and, and trauma around that. So I imagine mm-hmm. that was part of it. But that being asked to come out as as this was was oof, just life changing mm. and scary and you know terrifying. But it was so right. It was the right time. And then I was introduced to this bigger organization, the, the International Association for the Study of Dreams, and I went to their first conference. So it was like this whole confluence that was going on that just opened me up to this world that I didn't know existed, that I felt like, wow, here are my people for finally Mm -hmm. that I didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. And that's what connected me to John F. Kennedy university. Right. So (laughs) there you go. So there's that trajectory, right? There's, it's like, we find, you know, we find each other, we find that. And so hopefully that wasn't too long-winded, but it was just to give you a a very brief um, showing you the trajectory a bit of how mm-hmm. that evolved, you know, coming from, you know, a, a, a place where, you know, I didn't feel I had, I felt very alone and isolated to finding a, a, a community. And my dreams were all pointing to that, which was so powerful. My dreams were letting me know even prior to the, to the event of meeting Justina, I even dreamt of her actually before. Oh, wow. I met her. Yeah. So I want to really add that in. Cause that's important that I was writing my dreams down all this time and looking at the dream journal, I could see the parallels, like the, you know, her showing up in an interesting way uh me being a part of the this dreaming community feeling like an exile and meeting a dreaming community so you know these were all motifs that were also showing up before i had these experiences so we have if we if we do our dream work and and journaling we will find we have a lot of these precognitive dreams you know that will will let us know about things that can come to pass so yeah I know that was a lot but (laughs) no there's so much richness there thank you so much for sharing that and I think a lot of listeners are going to resonate with like uh, especially the piece about kind of feeling like you were alone and isolated 
and maybe like yeah. the odd one out in like your family or like community and feeling like maybe you were different or that like you couldn't express yourself like you wanted to and then kind of going through that transformation and then finally finding your community because I know I've been there in my own journey and I know a lot of people listening can resonate with that and have been through their own journey themselves or are kind of like in that stage of oh I don't really you know, know if I can like express this or like put myself out there that way, or are there other people like me? So um, I think hearing your story um, will definitely land with them and resonate with them. Um, so were you doing like dream work and interpretation before you went to the workshop and met with her? Yeah. So a lot of this was just on my own. I actually, um, prior to that, I was studying writing at, uh, uh, USC, the, uh, and California. And one of my poetry professors actually saw a lot of archetypal imagery in my poems. And she was really lovely in the, in that she, she recognized that and she was seeing a Jungian therapist. And so she asked me about that. And, and so I think I, I was in my twenties and, she's like, so, you know, maybe you want to think about doing Jungian work. And, and so I actually, um, <laughs> this wonderful Jungian analyst, she took me in, she gave me a really incredible discounted fee. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I probably could never afford her fees, but I guess she saw that something in me. And so she and I started working together on my dreams and poetry and there to me creativity is so beautiful I feel like it all comes from that same source so my my poems and art as well as dream life are one of the many ways in which I access that source if that you know if that resonates with you and your audience that that we can access you know certainly this knowledge is wisdom in many ways. Um, Mm -hmm. So the poetry certainly brought in these archetypal uh, energies and having some guidance with that, with these forces, with these energies, because they're very big energies, right? To try to get a container for that um, was really, really important for me. It helped me a lot because I did feel very, very overwhelmed, but yet I would write my dreams. I knew, knew they were very important. I would explore them, but I didn't really have much of a guidance except for myself. And then later this, this Jungian, well, I also had a dream with her. It was a lovely dream that I had, I was diving for these rings. And one of the rings I picked was this amethyst ring and I tried to put it on my finger, but it was too big for me. Mm-hmm. And later when I shared that dream with her, she showed me that she wore an amethyst ring. Whoa. And she said, yeah, I, I got chilled in it. And it was like, oh, it's too big now, but one day I'm going to fit in that ring and I'm going to be doing this work. I'm going to be a therapist. But I didn't know at the time that that's what it meant, but it was just so profound. And I loved that she got it. Like she would share that way with me, like she mm. so beautifully. And um, so that was true. So later on, it certainly many, you know, 
quite a few years later, I became a therapist who explore, you know, works with dreams. So again, the dream guiding me is, is wonderful, but I didn't. So to answer your question, yeah, it was a lot of my own self studying and, and, you know, just knowing it was just this deep knowing in me that this Mm -hmm. was important work. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then, and then the guidance came and then the container came later so that I could actually use, you know, in a, in a, you know, have it be in a way that I could actually work with others. And that was really important to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious too, if you saw like, after you kind of started working with, you know, your therapist and then going to this workshop and being a part of like the Institute um, and learning more, like, did you see this maybe change in your dreams or what was showing up in your dreams as well? Oh Yeah. Absolutely. So I think I mentioned earlier when I was going through the course with Justina at IDS, I was having these apocalyptic dreams, these motifs where I was really, one of the things that is so important about um, this work is that we do our own work before we work with others. And that was something that Justina felt very strongly about. And so, so much of what we were doing was our own deep dream work, which is transformative. It's important, you know, that we hold our own, especially the shadow stuff. And my shadow Mm -hmm. stuff was, was around coming out and, and being myself and, Mm -hmm. and, and putting myself out there because if my dreams were all showing that somehow when I did do that before it it came to some kind of violence or some kind of where I was exiled, right. Mm. Where I didn't have, you know, where a community um, wasn't accepting who I was. And so the dreams were really um, intense, like really going into that motif. And one in particular uh, was a, an apocalyptic dream I had where the whole world was on fire. It was like, um, to, to an extent, like, I think it was like a volcanic kind of lava eruption, like where cities were just burning around me. And I was running with, uh, Carl Jung showed up. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) So here we go. Right. Talk about ally. That was, that was neat. And then this angry woman. Hmm. Right. Then you got to think. So we were running and Carl Jung wanted to prove that there really was no such thing as death. Mm. And then the angry woman wanted to prove him wrong. So imagine I'm having these two, you know, in this dream, uh, as my, as my partners. And so I remember we were running towards a cliff and then next thing we know, a whole, like a a wave of lava just came down and, and right after that, that moment, I was totally transported into this desert scene. It was like instant where it was nighttime, it was quiet and it was just desert all around me. And all of a sudden, these, I would call dust devils, these started 
whirling from the the ground. So people were resurrecting around mm. me. It's like a, these whirling, uh, almost like a, the whirling dervish and Sufi, but they were resurrecting all around me. And it was just this incredible feeling of, of death and rebirth that we all survived. And it was a transformative, uh, trans transformative by fire, right? This is a death by fire, which I didn't die. We, we resurrected. And, and, and so, um, there was this androgynous figure near me and that showed some integration was happening finally that I was, I was integrating these parts of myself that were, you know, so split for so long, um, mm -hmm. and coming in in such a, a, a powerful way. But the angry woman was important because she, I learned through my dream work that I needed her, that she was actually a form of protection. Somebody I, I had to, um, you know, I guess, look at in a way that, you know, when we are dealing with so much trauma, you know, there's parts of us that, you know, form to protect, right? Mm -hmm. And there, there was this moment where I finally had a dialogue with her. So I used a Jungian um, uh, technique called active imagination, where you can dialogue with your dream characters. And I dialogued with her and it was so lovely because I learned that she was there to protect, that she wanted to make sure I was okay. And that mm -hmm. not to just go along with Jung, like to wait a minute, <laughs> you know, just find yourself and find your footing and, and, and also just learn from my own experiences and tr trust myself. So it was such a profound, uh, working with that particular dream. Um, and I, and I did sand tray with it as well. So I learned about the, the serpent energies that are also a very common motif for me. Uh, I have a lot of snake uh, dreams mm. and they're very important to me. Um, so just to give you a sense of how that transpired, but it was, it was like that, you know, that I was mm. really faced with my shadow stuff. And that continued when I decided <clears throat> to continue my studies at John F. Kennedy university in transpersonal psychology. And, uh, I, I continued their dream certification course as well. So I was studying to be oh. a therapist there. And then okay. uh, they had a their dream certification program that was started by Fariba Bogsaran and Marilyn Fowler, who I met at the dream conference. And that's how I learned about that program was through them and being in that community. Mm -hmm. So you can see how interesting <laughs> life works where you you know, you meet the people you're supposed to meet. And so those mm -hmm. are the next two mentors mm. as well yeah. as Kelly Buckley. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I love <laughs> just being able to like reflect on our lives and paths and see how like in sync it all is. Cause sometimes in the moment you, well, like for me, sometimes I don't realize. And then I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's all connected. Right. That got me to where I am now. Um, and it seems like maybe that's what happened with you in your journey. Yes. And I highly recommend that for all your listeners, because it's what seemingly might feel disjointed is actually very much connected to like, 
I, I totally agree because I look at all the things that I studied and, and my experiences. I'm like, wow, yeah, my love for, for literature and mythology lends to my deeper understanding of, of archetypes and this work, you know, the art and the theater and all the things that I've done actually all connect. And so it's really a neat thing to do. Uh, you can deeply meditate and reflect on your, your life, your life's trajectory. Yeah. 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 It definitely, I feel like all makes sense in that way. Um, which I think is really cool because I've definitely heard a lot of people or even like my clients have been like, I feel like that, you know, what I did in the past was a waste or it doesn't, you know, make any sense with the path I'm on now. But um, in reality, it's kind of like everything that we've done or been through or all the experiences we've had have led us to the point of where we're at now. Um, even if seemingly sometimes it it doesn't seem like it makes sense Absolutely. in the long run, it, it it all ends up making sense or like working together, um, which I think is really magical. One thing I loved about your story that you told too was like, I think, you know, even when I was listening, I was like, wow, the angry woman, you know, I think a lot of people, especially if they don't work with dreams and I think about myself would be like, oh, what was that angry woman about? Like, I, you know, it's like you would wake up and be like, um, you know, what was that about? Like, I, I didn't like that part of my dream. Right. But then in doing the act of imagination, you were able to actually find out a different perspective and that she actually wasn't there to, to like harm you or like prevent you from doing things, but she was actually there to protect you. Right. And kind of aid you in your journey. And so Absolutely. that's what I love about this is like, there's almost like a deeper layer that sometimes we're not really seeing. Oh, Yeah. And there it is, right? Even just, that's what, it's one of my favorite ways of working with dreams is that when we can actually dialogue, it could be even the most minutiae, like little thing, it could be an object. Uh, you remember we did the image speaks together where we yes. just took an object and just had dialogue and my gosh, right? So much can come from just that, you know, something that we wouldn't maybe even remember or think about. Uh, mm -hmm. so absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and also, especially the shadow figures, many times we want to, we might be repelled or we might not want to go there because it's so scary or because it's so repulsive or, Oh, I don't want to. And that's how I felt. Cause the angry woman in my dream was really like trying to sabotage young. And she's like, Oh, I'm going to prove him wrong. He's not mm -hmm. right about death. And so it was, but it was a part of me, a part of me that is good. It keeps me grounded. You know, it's a part of me that does question things and as it should, you know, but also it's a part of me that also needed to be transformed as well, because a lot of my dreams, I was dealing with this angry woman figure in many, many uh, expressions. And so I worked really deeply with that part and it was so transformative, so hard, but so incredibly powerful. Um, and I think that to, to what you're sharing as well, that, you know, if we can lean in, if we can find the courage and the container to do that, it can be an extraordinary transformative, mm -hmm. uh, you know, way of, of working and being with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
And two, I love the, you know, speaking about shadows, because I think a lot of us want to turn away or don't want to look at that or, you know, it can be kind of uncomfortable and alarming. And, but that's, I feel like where a lot of um, transformation can take place. Right. And it's like facing those things and integrating them. Um, So I really love that aspect of it. Um, I wanted to um, ask you too about, um, you know, what dreams are, because I know there's a lot of people listening that are like, (laughs) I mean, I dream, but I have no idea what this means. Right. Um, And so, yeah, I'm curious, um, you know, in all your studies of dreams and working with dreams and helping Mm -hmm. people with their dreams, like, what do you feel like dreams are? Where do they come from? Well, certainly you can imagine there's a lot of theories about that. You know, some people say, oh, dreams are just a residual, you know, they residue, you know, just parts of our day-to-day lives coming in and forming some kind of story or uh, some say it, you know, is a way for us to work out really uh, hard things in our lives, you know, emotionally, or, you know, things we're trying to, you know, really work out and, and find balance with, you know, psychologically, uh, some believe that it comes from an evolutionary part of us, you know, that perhaps we learned, we learn a lot from our dreams, um, and that we share, you know, there's an incredible culture dreaming culture, if we look at indigenous ways of knowing that dreams were a big part of, of, of the, you know, practices. And if you look at certain indigenous cultures, you'll find that, you know, people would use dreams to support the culture to support, you know, could be, oh, what plants need to be planted and where to, oh, we might have to move, you know, because of this or that. And so dreams can be amazing in that way, right? That we can glean this, this information this that will help the community, not only ourselves, because I do believe that. I don't believe that dreams are here just for us, like, you know, in, in terms of navel gazing, but like that we can use and work with dreams as a community and dream group work is really neat uh, in that regard. Um, So there's an evolutionary aspect. There's certainly, you know, dreams can bring healing. Uh, If we look at the Asclepian temples, right, from the past, so much of those temples, and they're all over, right, they're all over the world. And and there's certain versions of, (laughs) (laughs) versions of these temples, but really they're about healing and, and, and gaining wisdom. So people would go to the temples and, um, they would incubate, you know, dreams and dream incubation is also very ancient practice. It's a way for us to gain information, knowledge, and healing, uh, when we, an actual intention. So, um, if we look at the beds of some of these, um, ancient, you know, dream temples, you'll find that we might even find the bones of the ancestors in there, you know, dreaming of finding knowledge from the ancestral realm. Uh, Or you might have um, these votives, these body parts, and they're they're these clay kind of uh, figures of different parts. 
And if somebody was, for example, wanting to heal their leg or, you know, their ear even, or, (laughs) you know, there would be these, these representations that you would um, use as part of the practices. So there's like these healing practices um, that go way back. And, and we still, you know, to this day, which is neat that there are people who are really working on and, and exploring how incredibly powerful our dreams can be in terms of healing, you know, and accessing ways in which we can heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and for creativity, right? So it's like I talked about poetry and my art. A lot of that came from my dreams or just that source. So our creativity, dreams are here to problem solve, you know, that that term, oh, sleep on it you know, there's Mm -hmm. value. There's, there's a history there because it's true. Have you ever Riley, you know, had an issue or problem and the next day you're like, Oh, figured it out, you know? Yes. And we can do that. Right. Uh, so it's so vast. Um, lucid dreaming is a whole nother area, but that's a, a practice that people can access in terms of even, you know, the, the athletes have used lucid dreaming to, you know, practice in their dreams. You know, they're, I can't remember who it was. I think it was like a golfer who used to golf in their lucid dream. And then they, they've done studies, you know. Yeah, I've on- definitely heard of that before. Like I heard this one study, it was like this guy that was like in prison for a while and he wanted to like ski or something when he got out and he would like practice that like in his dreams and then when he got out, like he was like even better than before he went to prison. And yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. I don't yeah. know who it was, but I do remember like reading that. And I was like, it stuck yeah. with me because I was like, that is wild to me. Yeah. Well, it it's interesting because it shows too, like, it, it, you know, it goes back to your original question. And then what is dreaming? Because then like, wow, like when we're lucid, we're conscious, right? This is the definition really is that we're, we're awake, we're conscious in the dreamscape, in the dream time. And so, you know, the laws of physics don't apply when we're in the dream time. So there's a lot that we can do and experience uh, when we do those practices. And if we can do it, I'm a, I'm a big fan of mindfulness and intention around that. Um, and what I mean by that, it goes back to the the shadow work, like really doing things, not just for recreation, because I know that's an appeal with lucid dreaming. Um, the number, t- I think it's like the, the top two things people do when they lucid dream is fly and then have sex. <laughs> that's the, the top two and go figure, right? But but. Uh, I think the, the true underlying, you know, if we can use it in a more of a, in a mindful spiritual practice, it can be incredible. There's a, there's a certainly a, an extraordinary history, like the indigenous ways of knowing where people use dreams and lucidity as a form of a deep spiritual practice. Certainly the, you know, dream yoga, the Tibetan dream yoga, uh, is is one of those so 
So I, I can't really answer your question with one simple response, but you can see just the vastness of dreams in terms of, you know, what they can, as far as uh, the possibilities, right? That I do believe that it's a source, it's a part, it's such an ancient part of us that mm. we can tap into on so many levels. Uh, I, I particularly work with dreams around grief and loss with my, my clients. And so I have a lot of dream experiences with people who have passed over. So that's a thing that I think is also very important to share um, that many of your listeners might have had what we would call visitation dreams. They're dreams that they they have visits from the people, you know, the, their loved ones or people that have passed, and they can be really healing, um, and and transformative. Um, so again, you know, there's so many layers here, Riley, with with this. If we can be intentional and if we can uh open up to the possibility because we have this we have it it's just a matter of us bridging it right it's a matter mm. of us taking that action and intention mm-hmm. um it's all there for us if if we want it mm-hmm. so that's why i love that work because it's like we all dream right so why not <laughs> You know, it's so empowering, right? It's all coming from ourselves. It's our own material. So why not access that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it feels like this wisdom that we all have that a lot of us don't use, honestly, right. that like we, we were all born with, we all have that ability. And yet so many of us, and I think, well, it probably depends on like what culture we're a part of too, and how we were raised and like our religious background and family, um, but I would say, like, I mean, I, from my own perspective and where I grew up, it was like dreams were never something that we talked about um, or never something that came up in conversation um, yeah. or to even think about, like, you know, reflecting on my dreams would be odd. Right. Or like so weird. But it's like this wisdom that we have that, like, we just don't even really know of I mean we do know of it but it's like we don't really know of like the power that it has I guess is I think what I'm trying to say yeah and and you're and I'm so glad you're bringing that point up because that's another piece to this passion I have is because of that you know especially in our western culture we are not you know usually and this is not true for every family what's neat is I've heard some people who've grown up and and had that in their family and so of course having that in your family your dreams are going to be much richer and you're going to have a a much safer container for them but if if your family you know some families might see it as you know if they're they're certainly religious in some religions they might say oh this is coming from a dark place uh you know i've heard you know, some of my clients and students share that, that like, oh, my father and mother think it comes from the devil or, mm. you know, or they might be very, um, you know, just the, the opposite, like, uh, oh, dreams aren't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't remember my dreams. 
I don't hold any, any weight. So why talk about them? So I think, you know, you're going to get all different, uh, the whole spectrum of, of people, you know, either completely like poo-pooing it as something very fanciful and who cares to those who might see it as really dangerous. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And certainly dreams are very vulnerable too. It's some people aren't comfortable sharing their dreams because like, oh, what is that going to say about me? Or what is it going to reveal? You know, that's another part of it. But I certainly um, want to uh, encourage, you know, to have, to start with your families, you know, Uh, if you can, if you have children or if, you know, or your parents or whomever you're with to start sharing dreams in the morning, to, to, to start talking about it, because then the more we do that, the more we're connecting. And, um, it's, it's amazing what comes of that, you know, it's like, uh, all of a sudden things start opening up that happened to my, uh, to me, my father, I, uh, I was doing a, as one of my assignments, I had to interview someone about their dreams. This is Justina for IDS. And it was the worst interview I've ever, it was horrible, Riley. It was like, my father was the worst subject. I was like, so what do you think about dreams? He's like, meh. <laughs> great. I don't really remember him. <laughs> You, giving you like, nothing. What do you think about him? <laughs> and he had the engineer mind, you know, so he was very mm. like, just, but I tell you the next day he was like, oh, and I remember in my dream. <laughs> wow. Then it just opened up this whole thing. He started talking about the dream and he started sharing about my aunt, my great aunt and my great grandmother who were apparently dream, like worked with dreams and lucid dreaming in the, in this, in their uh, Italian village (laughs) going, Whoa. (laughs) So now I'm learning about my aunt, you know, my, my family that actually did this for, for their, for their work. Wow. They had an apothecary behind their house and they were like healers in the village. No mention of that. Zero up until my thirties. Like, I was like, are you kidding me? If I had known this whole time that I had this, it would have been a game changer. Mm -hmm. Right. I wouldn't have felt Mm -hmm. so alone. I'm Mm -hmm. like, wow. Okay. And then the dream itself he shared was actually a dream that I saw as a health dream. And it turned out, you know, the dream, I was like, oh, maybe you should get some blood work. And sure enough, they found this very early stage of cancer. Mm. So it was like a profound, it went from this like, (laughs) like pulling teeth interview to this unbelievable discovery about my family, but also my gosh, this could have saved his life because he, 
he was able to to share that with me and because of that we were able to come out come up with the this you know way for him to to get seek help mm. so that's my little anecdote but it, it you know it could happen like if we start talking about dreams all of a sudden people are like oh i have permission now <laughs> like i can do you know i can i can actually express maybe things that they didn't feel they could before mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's how i felt because before I was like one of those people that was like, well, I definitely had dreams, but I didn't think they had a significance to them. And then the more I got into like this work and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, actually, there's so much wisdom here. And now, actually, my boyfriend and I, every time we wake up in the morning, we say, did you have any dreams? And then we'll talk about our dreams. Oh. Yeah, that's what we do every single morning. But we used to not, we did not do that at all before I took your class. And then now we do it every morning. And it it. Yeah, we have like these rich dis- discussions and my boyfriend, he's got that engineer mind. He's an engineer. And so before he would be like, eh, nothing, you know, <laughs> but now like he does, like he has vivid dreams that like he he tells me about. Um, So that's been really cool because I do feel like it kind of, it helps me to remember my dreams and kind of dive into my dreams more by him as well too. And then we just get to connect on like this new level that we didn't before. So um. Yeah, I definitely resonate with that. And is that just so cool too? Like your experience that you had and it felt like it like opened up something in him, which I think is so cool. And then getting to find that like thread of commonality with your ancestors. And now it all makes sense. It feels like, like it's literally in your DNA, the work that you're doing, which is so cool. Right. And and how many of us don't know that, right? Yeah. I think that's why doing this work and that includes, you know, the, the ancestral piece I think is amazing and huge. Uh, and I highly recommend like dream incubation around that is really neat. I I've done, you know, a few of those and have discovered quite a bit about my, my ancestors. And and I was talking, you know, we've come full circle, but about the land, right. So many of these dreams were pointing to specific places that I didn't know in in waking life. I didn't realize until I had these dreams and the dreams were pointing to these, these parts of the world that I could later then validate. Mm. I started doing like the ancestry.com and looking at my DNA and, and they they lined up. <laughs> there was mm. a lot of things that actually... Wow. connected so and that's a whole cool. different <laughs> whole other rabbit hole to go down um yeah but it's 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 something i would recommend for sure yeah um so we have a few minutes left i know we could go down all these different <laughs> pathways um but for time's sake could you just yeah. tell us like a few ways that people could maybe start to work with their dreams now yes. and then go into how people can connect with you find you work with you yeah, things like that. I would love to. So your your best friend, and I think you'll remember this conversation, Riley, right? Is your dream journal. Mm-hmm. This is like the best tool to have. And I would start there. And what I usually have shared, and this is what I was taught, it's to find 
something that's going to resonate with you. It could be an artist sketchbook for those who like more spaciousness. And you could, what I always recommend is drawing your dreams, drawing images, because your dreams can show you some incredible symbols. You know, I, I, I talked about a dream I had about my an ancestors and one of these symbols came up in my dream. It was like a motif that actually showed me a sacred site mm. because I drew it. Mm. And if I didn't draw it, I think I wouldn't have, I would have missed it. I would have missed that it was a motif. So um, I highly recommend just, you know, finding a, a journal. It could be lined. It could be uh, as big as an artist sketchbook. It could also be on your, you know, phone. There are phone apps that have, you know, dream journal um, applications. So whatever works for you. And that's really important that it should work for you because we want it to be sustainable. And I would, I would advise to give a, a, a title and, you know, a, even if it's just a snippet and a snippet is just like a little like flash of something. It could be a color. It could be an image. It could be a song. Songs are really neat because the lyrics of songs can give us some information, but the more we can do that, the more we write our dreams down, we're actually giving our brains, right? All of a sudden, Oh, I have a place for these dreams. It's like what you were saying, Right. You went from eh, about dreams to now, whoa, this whole world is opening up and, and, and that, and there it is. It's just that shifting of that consciousness, like, oh, I'm going to set my attention that way. And the dream journal does that. It gives you that place, that space to explore and externalize and uh, sharing Sharing dreams is another big one. Like, I love what you're doing with your, your partner. It's again, you know, giving room and space and honoring of the, of these dreams. You know, uh, joining dream groups is another wonderful way of doing this practice. Having a container, taking workshops or courses are always really neat. If you really want to get, if you're interested and also there's so many uh, books too out there. Um, and I'm happy, Riley, if you want me to send you some books, if you, I don't know if you can give people that information, but. Um, yeah, that'd be great. You can link it in the show notes or something. Sure. I'd be happy to do that. So if, you know, there are books there, but I, I would absolutely start with the dream journal. That's the, the first place. So you're archiving your dreams and then you can just you know, go from there, right? You can, uh, there's so much even with that practice that, that can come through. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's, that would be my two cents on that one. And awesome. yeah. And finding other people interested to, to share and talk to is, is lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know in our class, when we got to like share dreams and then kind of um, hear other people share their dreams and then have conversations about them. Like it was amazing. And like, I remember I had this dream that like uh, people heard and then kind of like shared like, oh, if it was my dream, this is what I would think. And it just opened up so much in the dream. And so 
I had a I had a good time being a part of a dream group. Um, so I highly recommend if you're interested in in it. Um, but okay, so if people want to work with you, find you, sure. learn more about you, um, yeah, how can they do that? So I have a lot of hats. <laughs> <laughs> But they're all dream hats in some way. So uh, so I mentioned the Institute for Dream Studies. So what was wonderful, it, it's like this full circle situation. I was one of the first students, and now I, I'm the director of, of that, um, that organization. And you can look us up at institutefordreamstudies.org. We are going to be starting our next cohort for the Dream Certification Program uh, in September. So if anyone is interested in, in becoming a, a, a student, um, if they want to dive more deeply into the dream work, otherwise there's, we offer many courses and workshops and, and special events, uh, throughout the year. So they could get on the, you know, our, our, our email and we can send them information that way so they can be in, up to date and, and get informed about our, our offerings. Um, I mentioned too, so I, I sit on the board and I'm part of, uh, the Institute, I mean, not Institute, excuse me, the International Association for the Study of Dreams. And that's a wonderful organization. We're celebrating our 40th anniversary. So we've wow. been around three years and we have a, annual conference coming up. I mentioned that conference is life-changing and that's in Ashland, Oregon this year, uh, in June, June 17th. And I'll be presenting. Um, and, uh, that's another great, uh, organization to connect to and be a member of. And then I just have my own practice. So I'm a therapist. So one of the things that I work with certainly is is the dreams but as well as the grief and loss that i mentioned mm. before uh is my uh, area mm. okay and uh that's lightning tree therapy beautiful and um i know oh, your yeah, website I jfk <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> jack of all trades i know i was like oh yeah and then there's the right <laughs> I feel the same way with all the things I do. So I totally feel <laughs> you. Um, and I know for sure your website will be uh, linked in the show notes as well. Um, okay, great. So yeah, That's if great. people want to um, find you and connect with you and work with you and learn more about dreams, um, they can do that. And I want to thank you so much, Linda, for being on the show and sharing all of your wisdom with us and your story. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, it's been a delight, Riley, and I love seeing you again. You are amazing at this. You're a natural. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And I love, of especially too, of like you coming full circle with the Dream Institute. I just think that's really cool. Um, so I think that's really beautiful. And thank you all um, listeners for tuning in for your time and your energy and stay wild.